name's Travis Sims, and I am the founder and CEO of AGC Accelerated Global Connections. And this is the AGC Experience. Our lives are a series of choices. Each choice leads to a result. Would you like to easily know which choices are the right life choices for you? If you've never met Amy Tyson, owner of Infinity Life Design, make it a priority to connect with her. Amy is a master of feng shui and batzi, which she calls destiny analysis. She assists her clients in understanding the hidden forces that are influencing their lives. A destiny reading with Amy is like reading a book all about you. She highlights which decisions will bring you to your fullest potential and which choices will lead you down a path of obstacles. If you're struggling with a challenge or you want to lift your life even higher, get connected with Amy and Infinity Life Design on facebook.com slash infinitylifedesign or subscribe to her online newsletter at infinitylifedesign.com and connect with your infinite life. I was walking down the hallway of the San Diego Police Department headquarters when my sergeant stopped me. He said, Carrie, I, I need a minute with you. Do you know how many citizen complaints the average Central Division officer gets? And I didn't know they tracked that. And he said, well, they do. It's 0.3. I said, how do you get a third of a complaint? He said, well, it's, it's one every three years. So it averages out to that one every three years. Do you know how many you've had? And I laughed and I said, I didn't know they tracked that. And he said, well, they do. You've had seven in six months. He said, wait a second, Sarge. Uh, in all fairness, I've been cleared in every single one of those. He said, yeah, and I'm worried that it's going to affect your career. I don't want people thinking where there's smoke, there's fire. You're off your beat. Now, that was a big deal. See, Balboa Park in San Diego, it's a third larger than Central Park is in New York with, with all of the same problems. And at the time, I was working a pedophile series where guys were picking up little boys. And I'm talking little. I'm talking 10, 11, 12 years old. And there was only one officer assigned to the entire park during swing shift. And I knew that no one else was working this, this thing as hard as I was. Well, I got moved. I didn't have any choice. Now, the department didn't send me to any training, no diversity training, no sensitivity training, no communication skills training. And if I was the problem, I want you to type into the chat box, if I was the problem, and what did the city do with the problem? And, uh, I, you know, I got I to throw on my glasses to read some of these comments. Um, so terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, that was a... Um, that, that was a, a rough series, a rough uh, criminal series to work. So type in the chat, what do you think the city did with the problem if they didn't send me to any training? What did they do? Yeah, you're absolutely right. They moved the problem, and, and, and that happens. Uh, but the reason that they didn't send me to any training is they, they moved me and they hoped that would fix the problem but the training didn't exist. That's why they didn't send me to the training. Yeah, we, I, I got some verbal judo training in the academy, but it was a long time before that. Now, four months later, I was back on my beat. Now, not because I fixed myself in four months, but because my sergeant transferred and the new sergeant 
didn't know. I knew. I knew I needed to change or the same thing would happen again. Now, again, the reason I didn't get sent to any training is because it didn't exist. So other than the verbal judo training, then that was just a few hours out of a several hundred hours academy. So I began to create the training. I was blessed with being an instructor when I was on two different submarines in the Navy, and I was selected to be a master training specialist, which is only awarded to the top 5% of Naval instructors. So I used those skills to start developing training for the police department. And later I got hired as a college professor at the same college our police academy is, and they asked me to create a new course called Diversity and Community Relations, which is now a required course for you to be able to get your criminal justice degree in San Diego. The criteria for today, in this talk today, the time that we're spending together, is the same for all of the courses at Tomorrow's Police Officer. Easy to understand, easy to remember, and even easier to implement. But I want you to, to buckle up because I tell you what, we're going to be going code three and we're going to be lights and siren the whole way. We don't have time to mess around. So you, I hope you're ready. Now, when I was on the police department for 30 years, one of the things that I did was I really worked on my communication skills. And you're dealing with people in, 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 in oftentimes the worst times in their lives because nobody calls 911 and says, hey, we're having a barbecue, come on over. Nobody calls 911 and says, hey, grandpa's bird, the 90th is this weekend and we want to have you help sing happy birthday, you know, you and that deep manly baritone voice you have. So we saw people at their worst and at their oftentimes when emotions were running high. Now, I told you I was working a pedophile series and those cases are really challenging to prosecute because the victims feel a lot of shame and the suspects often feel both shame and they know that the jail time is pretty significant. So giving a confession is challenging to say the least. And then I want you to think about it. Why would you ever give information that's gonna help guarantee you're going to be in prison for a long time. It, it, it doesn't work to order them to confess. It's, it's all about developing rapport and, and getting them to trust you. If I could have the next slide. Now, I want you to read this for just a moment. And it's true. <laughs> there's, there's been a lot of lives that I've changed. Um, and if you're listening to this on audio only, the slide says, sometimes someone unexpected comes into your life and out of nowhere, and they make your heart race and change your life forever. We call these people cops. Okay, so when we are dealing with suspects, the only way to get a confession, to get an admission, to be able to even get somewhere close to the truth, we can't order them to tell us stuff. It doesn't work like that. And we have to create an environment that's non-judgmental and non-confrontational. I want you to think about this. When, when you've shared something with someone that was embarrassing for you, what made you tell them? Type, type that into the chat if you would. If you've ever shared, you don't have to type in what was embarrassing. Uh, I'm not looking for that. What I'm looking for is what was the environment? What happened that, that, that you shared this stuff? And I'm willing to bet the most honest that you were was with someone that you 100% trusted. Uh, perhaps it was a counselor, perhaps it was a clergy, uh, perhaps it was your best friend or, or the love of your life. And the only way we're going to do that 
is, is when we feel a level of trust. And since you were a kid, you were taught to minimize your fault in anything. So the punishment wasn't so severe. Maybe you hit your brother or your sister. Maybe you broke a lamp. Maybe you took something you weren't supposed to. When we're facing something tough, it's, it's human nature to avoid that toughness. That's why a lot of relationships implode because people don't want to deal with the tough stuff. They avoid it and hope it'll go away and it, it never does. So today, this is going to be really beneficial for whatever relationships you have because I'm going to share some tips and tricks on, on how to improve those relationships. So how do you benefit from this perspective? Well, you want to create the environment for the people you work with, live with, hang out with that allows them to freely talk. And one way is to establish rapport. And I want to give you three signals that you can send to establish rapport faster. Now, please know that there are friend signals and foe signals. They communicate in an instant without words, something to the other person's brain. They're literally, you are literally reaching inside someone's head and flipping a switch and they don't even know that you did it. Now, really quick, there's a part of your brain called the amygdala. And, and type in there, because I'm just curious, have you heard of the amygdala before? A lot of people have, and a lot of people haven't. And sometimes it's called the lizard brain or the reptilian brain. It's small. It's only 0.3% of your entire brain, but it controls your emotions. It's about the size of an almond, about the, the tip of your little pinky. Now, I go into a lot more about this in our advanced training courses, but just know for now that we are sending a signal to the amygdala that we are friendly and we can be trusted. Now, the first one is what this guy's doing. It's an eyebrow flash. It's a friend signal. Now, this is not the powder blue leisure suit wearing Guido with a shirt unbuttoned to his navel and the thick gold chain flashing his eyebrow, eyebrows at a bar. That's just creepy. This is just quick, less than a second, like you're happily surprised to see someone. Now, the second one is a genuine smile. People know if you're fake smiling. Now, this kid, he's just cute. That's all there is to it. There's no danger from him. It's totally a friend signal. The third one is to find a reason to whisper, even, even if it's a stage whisper. Uh, a whisper conveys intimacy and trust, and only friends whisper. That means you're not a foe. Now, here's a bonus one. We know how important eye contact is. And you notice I'm not giving you the ho-hum stuff you've heard all the time, starting off with eye contact to build rapport and mirroring all that other stuff. I, I'm, I'm hitting some stuff that you may not have heard before or you may not have thought about recently. I do want to say this about eye contact. You know you can't stare, but you can do something that totally amplifies the eye contact effect. It's something that I call gummy eyes. You got gummy bears, gummy eyes. You look at someone and you keep looking, but you start to turn your head away. And, and because you're turning your head away, but your eyes linger, it's not creepy. It's actually pretty captivating. It's the, I can't tear my eyes away from you look. It's really powerful for rapport. Now next, why would 66% by research, 66% of people being turned off during a sales presentation? Now, Beyond that sleazy car salesman obvious thing, by the way, he's trying to send friend signals, but what does your amygdala scream at you? Type it into the chat right now. What does your amygdala scream when you see this guy if you walk onto a, a used car lot? T type it into the chat. What would you do? Now, 
I, I, my response is run, run forest, run. Now, the reason that 66% of people are turned off during a sales presentation is not just because of this kind of guy, but because we're speaking the wrong language. Now, you've all probably taken some sort of personality assessment test. Uh, do me a favor, type in the chat, what kind of a personality assessment have you taken? Was it DISC, Myers-Briggs, Colby, my favorite color, my spirit animal? You know, there's over 200 of them out on the market. One of them is called Bank Code, B-A-N-K, like go to the bank. Bank is an acronym for four personality types, blueprint, action, nurturing, and knowledge. Now, out of all of them out on the market, Bank is the only one that predicts the buying behavior of your client in 90 seconds or less. You heard me right. Predicts the buying behavior of your client in 90 seconds or less. I'll give you more information on that later. But I don't care what personality assessment that you use, bank or some other personality assessment, when we use those, we begin to speak in the language that the other person can best hear. And the reason I happen to love bank is the speed and accuracy, and that's based on a person's values. Now, next, and I'm going to fire through these really quick, five things that you do under stress, and four of them are bad for you. Now, I've done thousands of investigations in my 30 years on the job, and I've watched a lot of people be really stressed. And to me, it's fascinating just watching people's reactions. One of them is yawning. When you are stressed, you're going to start to yawn. And you know this doesn't require bright lights and rubber hoses and phone books in, a, in an interview room. But stress and stress-related fatigue, that can make you yawn continuously. And you might also feel that you're all not getting enough air, so you start breathing through your mouth, taking in as much air as possible. However, breathing through your mouth actually warms up your brain, and science tells us that can make you yawn to cool off your brain. Now, the easy way to stop this stress response is to breathe through your nose. That helps cool down your brain. And you can also drink water to stop yourself from yawning. I'm going to demonstrate. It's good to hydrate. Now, fidgeting. Fidgeting is another stress response. And when people get stressed, they, they, they shake their legs, they tap their foot, they crack their knuckles, they spin a ring on their finger. And sometimes it might be too obvious to hide. Now, others pick up on that and they have power over you. So for that, you can do deep breathing. I call it the triple nickel, Goldilocks breathing. Five seconds in, hold for five seconds, five seconds out. Not too slow and not too Wim Hof. Three and four, you become a snapping turtle. What happens is you, you start being really short with people and your decision-making slows down. Number five is a good one. Sometimes stress lets us know when we realize it that we are, we are really caring about something. And this is an opportunity for you to be vulnerable and tell the person that you're with the next time that you're feeling stressed and you're concerned about the outcome and tell the person, I want you to know I'm a little stressed here. I'm stressed about this because it's really important to me. Now, one thing that causes stress is when we start to get mad. And how do we stop that cycle and de-stress and de-mad ourselves? We're referring back to my favorite part of the brain, the amygdala. Now, I want you to picture a neighborhood. On one side of the street is where all the gang members and the bikers hang out. It's the dope house. On the other side of the street is the, the happy house. Now, the biker house is anger, fear, frustration, anxiety, disrespect. The other side that we're on right now, joy, fun, laughter, gratitude. You cannot be in both places at one time. So when you start to get mad, go to gratitude. Why is this happening for me? 
not why is this happening to me. Totally different mindset. Look for the benefit that you get. It might be, oh, I get to exercise my patient's muscle. Eleanor Roosevelt, when she would see someone that she didn't like walking toward her in the White House, she used to say, oh, look, here comes an adventure. I absolutely love that. Now, laughter does the same thing as gratitude. And a really awesome thing to do when you're getting mad at somebody, if you can get them to laugh, if they're getting mad at you, you get them to laugh, they're automatically going to calm down. So of all these things, there, all of these things I've covered in, in the last 15 minutes, they're the things that put us on the fast lane to yes. Your client saying yes, your coworker saying yes, your family and friends saying yes. And these are all ways that can make your life richer, not just in money, but in quality, in the ease and the flow that we all look for. Now, I didn't get here the easy way. My first wife, man, she, she, you know what? I got to tell you, she was, she was horrible. My second wife, she wasn't much better, and, and she was only better a few days at a time. My first five bosses, they were just jerks, and they never listened to me. Then one day I realized that they all had one thing in common, and it was me. I realized I needed to change. And I hope these things make it easy for you to shift, easy for you to learn, easy for you to implement. I appreciate your time.